Hello. Hello. Hi, this Hello. is Hi, it's Claire and Ronnie and Tracy are here too on video. Who's that? Hey, Ro Hi, this is Indy. I'm at work, so I am going to go in and out. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Indy. Hi, Indy. It's Hi. good to hear you. Nice to hear you too. <laughs> Hi, Dina. <laughs> How is everyone? Good? How are you? Much better today than I was yesterday. <laughs> You'll have to tell us all about it. <laughs> hey, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. Hmm, I can't. Oh, speaker. <laughs> there we go. Speaker helps. Good morning, everybody. Hi, hey, Tracy. Good to see you. I haven't seen Claire and Ronnie in a long time. I've seen you, Dina. Enjoying seeing you together today. <laughs> I know it's my fault. I haven't been here, so. <laughs> nice to see you, Tracy. You know, I, um, but I have heard you recently. I think you've you've spoken up on a couple of calls, right? Because I've heard you on the recording. So I feel like I've connected with you recently. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I haven't heard you in, in recent recordings anywhere, so. No, no, because it's the middle of the night for me, so I'm never on the calls. But I tell you what I often take part in. I'm still a member of the Finding Freedom Evergreen, so I often take part in the Sacred Circle call. I don't know if you, you ever listen to that, because that's in my time zone, so I enjoy that. Okay, no, I haven't ever participated in that. Hmm. That's nice to know. Some people do that. That's like an additional thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, if you take uh, if you take Tracy, if you take Finding Freedom though, you can uh, get that for free. And I don't know if you've ever taken Finding Freedom, but that's a uh, part of that curriculum for free. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Hi, Diana. Hi. Hi. Good to see you. I've seen you in a long time, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Shall we pray in? Sure. Somebody like to pray in? I will pray in. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a few deep breaths and sink into our hearts, asking spirit for guidance.
We take a deep breath of love and gratitude as we sink into the stillness of God's love. God's peace and God's joy. We're grateful to come together at this time. All of my sisters and brothers. We're grateful for all those that will listen afterwards. We know that we are in a divine space. That God's love is shining down upon us. We hold each other in our hearts. We see each other as perfect, whole, complete, healthy, and it reflects right back at us. We know that this is a safe place to share, to share our breakthroughs, our breakdowns, our joys, our laughters, our sadness. We know that this gives us an opportunity to heal. And when one of us heals, we all heal. And we know that we share the benefits of all of this with all our brothers and sisters because we are one. One in love, one in God, one in mind. And so it is. With love and gratitude. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you very much. Diana, I like your hairstyle. You have, uh, I haven't seen you with long hair, longer hair before. That's cute. Yeah, I usually do. Yeah, I'm trying to stop it from falling out. Oh. <laughs> Figure out what to do. <laughs> Who's on the phone? Is that Felicia? It's Indy. This is Indy. I had to unmute, so it take me a couple seconds. Indy, okay. Yeah, I haven't been on this call for a long time. Well, hi, hi Indy. Nice to hear from you again. Hi. Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi, Lori. <laughs> Just saw your sister a few minutes ago. <laughs> you did. Yes. <laughs> when your hair's getting long. Yeah. Yeah. I just cut a lot off of it. Oh. Just trying to get my mic to work here. <sighs> well, do you all want me to start with my little? Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm glad Indy's here because Indy's a student of inner child. She's actually the reason I started my studies on the inner child. And, um, yeah, so um, so you all know I'm in this relationship with a guy who is, has a shelf life of to um, pancreatic cancer. At the same time, it's rekindling things. So I have a teenage rekindling experience. So my 17-year-old inner teenager freaked out yesterday, just freaked out totally. Um, and there was, there didn't seem to be any, any way for me to, um, oh, and Lori's also a student of inner child. So yeah, the, um, and it was, and it was just the adult me would have known so much better and, but I couldn't come, I couldn't, she just overtook me at work and, you know, it, it was just, I was just hysterical at some point. So, and it, it was, so he, Doug, had invited me Thursday to go up to Charlottesville, which is about, you know, 30 minutes away to his brother's restaurant. And then on the on the way home, you know, he was very ill and got very quiet. And for the 20, 30 minute drive home, I, I, I guess I was spinning a lot of things. My teenager began to spin a lot of meanings into that. And um, and then he, you know, he he just said, let me just go in and go to bed. So there was sort of a shutting, shutting down sort of feeling for me. And um, by the next day, the story that my teenager had made of it was that he was, he had gotten quiet because he was going to break up with me because I was too much for him. Or I, I had all kinds of scenarios I was playing out. This could be this, it could be that. Maybe I'm not smart enough. But, you know, so I started talking to my friend at work about it. She's like, well, or could it be that, he doesn't feel good because he's on chemo. Could that be why he was quiet? <laughs> and my inner teenager was just like, no, no, it's got to be, you know. And then, um, so finally, by the end of the day, I've never witnessed so much teenage angst coming out of a 59-year-old in my life. That was weird. But so when I, by the time I got home, I had, I, had, I did like a, well, I texted Debbie Dexter, <laughs> Can you do an emergency? <laughs> and it was, she's, she's moving, so she wasn't able to help me. But she said, why don't you try meditating with the Holy Spirit and ask your inner teenager to tell you what's going on? What is she feeling? Feel the feelings. And they were very awful. You know, I, I accessed them fairly easily, but it was, it was all over the place. And But what I did, finally, there was some sort of... Um, I guess integration where it was just like, well, why don't I just say that I will let him know that, you know, the, the most, the thing I value above anything is honesty. And if, you know, if there's been a shift or if something's wrong, just let me know. And, you know, if, if you, if you want to break up, if you just, you know, whatever it is. So I sent that, I don't know, it's probably five o'clock this morning. And then about, I don't know, about nine 30, it's, I get this, this message is like, what, what did I do? You know, it's just totally like, I don't understand what happened. And then, um, you know, so, and, and then, but then I, and this is the interesting part. This is why I think we should never underestimate our inner child, or our inner aspects as they try to communicate. They don't communicate well. They they don't have much maturity. They're, they're locked in a certain way of being, but at the end of the conversation, he, he, 
he felt like he needed to, it's true. He pushed me away because he didn't want me to, he didn't feel like he could reciprocate. So he didn't want me there comforting him because, you know, he couldn't reciprocate. So, so we had to clarify that a little bit. I'm like, I'm, you know, I don't need reciprocation. If you need comfort, you ask, I'll be there. And then, um, you know, sort of the, then there was some mention of I not being able to keep up. And I'm like, yeah, that's so, so some of it was real. But my inner inner teenager just and because I've done the inner child work, you know, I had a toolkit for getting in touch with that. And I, I I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't done that inner child work. I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe I would have been sending weird texts and doing weird things. I don't know. I'm not sure. But the, so today, I, so right now, I feel much better. I feel like I listened, got on the same page took the mature adult, you know, I, I took the wisdom, took the mature, there was, there was some wisdom in there, there from her, from that aspect of myself. And I think now that, you know, I think we, I think we've established a better relationship now. One that's going to be more honest and no, you don't have to be suffering by yourself because you think that you, you know, so all that. And he mentioned something about like, it's hard to feel romantic when, you know, the can't, the, the, the different things that are happening to you after after you have chemo and I'm like I have no expectation for romance that is that is not I don't, that's not operating in this um, so it's interesting to me though that um, listening deep within coming to some clarity and I really felt like I was advocating for myself and that felt really good and I was I and I was when I sent press sent I'm like so if I get it back and it says, yeah, I really feel like blah, 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 you know. And the thing about this particular person, and he is very, very, very smart. And there, and even when I dated him when I was 17, I remember feeling not as smart as he was. And that's, so that's what was going on through my head. Oh, maybe he doesn't think I'm smart. <laughs> that was kind of going, you know. So I'm like, okay, so if I get that, I'm ready for it. If I get that text back that says, yeah, you know, you're just not smart enough for me. So. So we're going to end this. <laughs> I was ready for it. You know, I was ready for it. So there's a little craziness going on yesterday for me. <laughs> I love that you're identifying some of those key controls that have happened you know, that, that have happened over your relationships in your past. So good job on just just being with it and analyzing it and working through it. And now, because you spoke something, you know, you, you spoke that, that you could feel that there was something in the air and you probably wouldn't have done that before, right? Would not have ever identified it. You probably would have just had it uh, maybe run away maybe disappear just by not communicating he wouldn't have known and you wouldn't have known yeah I, I i can't even project you you bring up a really good point um i don't if i track back to unhealthy relationships or you know i, I yeah i don't know I, I don't know it's it's possible that you know i would have not even it would have been unconscious maybe you know subconscious and i wouldn't and it would just come out as whining or you know I don't, I don't know uh who knows um so yes i felt when i could get to that honest place of just saying 
And that's how the relationship started, too, was that honesty where, you know, when, you know, we had sort of been talking to each other. Sorry about the dog in the background. And, you know, and he um, got it was evident that he wasn't going to live that much. You know, that there was a time, you know, they had it had spread. So it was it was changing the game. And I I'd sent a very, very honest uh, communication to him about, you know, do you, is this even what you want to do with your time? Like maybe you'd rather spend your time with your children and your, you know, in a new relationship. Is that, is there any room for me? And it was a very, very honest and that kind of opened up the door for the relationship to even begin re- for real. Beautiful. So, Claire, I read on Facebook that they are going through some things, too, on relationships. Yeah. yeah. I, um, this week's been, um, it's been challenging, but it's been great because it's given me a chance to see how much I've changed just doing this work. Because if this had happened a, even a year ago, even when I was a Masterful Living One or a year ago two, or two years ago, I would have just been you know, in tears every day and probably like, you know, I was saying probably sending um, <laughs> real, you know, attacking or victim like mentality text messages and per me, per me, per me, this is terrible. What is he doing to me? And like complaining to all my friends about it. <laughs> and um, instead I've just been really focused on saying this, you know, some somehow this is for my good. I'm going to be grateful for it. I don't know what it is, and it doesn't feel nice, but it's there's something good in here, and I'm claiming it. And that just feels really great. And also just not to, um, you know, just catching myself whenever I go into those attack thoughts, like he shouldn't be doing this to me. Who does he think he is? You know, I mean, they are coming up, but I'm just catching them and saying, no. Mm-mm. And uh, I've been working with this thing. I don't know if any of you watch the Teachers of God uh, video that's on a, well, they do it live on a Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. And the last one, I watched the video last weekend and um, I cannot remember her name. Oh, do you remember? of the past. Laurie, it was the thing where it was the practice where I mean, it was two weeks ago, the practice where she, um, she was saying just to to close the gap between you and another person with love. Is it Lisa Natoli? I think it was Lisa Natoli. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a beautiful practice that. Although we're not separate, we often feel separate from other people. And when we're feeling that separation, we close that gap. We just, it was like, I can very, it comes to me very easily that I can kind of visualize or feel like closing that gap between that me and that other person with love. And I just, it's just been so beautiful. I've been doing it. I've been doing it every day for all sorts of people. It's great. Um, Claire, can you, could you give a, a brief rundown on how one does that? I don't think she said like how I can definitely I'll send you the link to the YouTube video. I don't remember if she describes how to do it. But what I do is I just imagine, you know, like literally that the love 
flowing out from my heart and reaching that other person like a not like a string but just like a a wave and it reminds me very much of something like the violet flame as well where you you know Jennifer talks about saturating things flooding things with the violet flame to me it's like that it's just um, instead of like replacing any attack or, or separation thoughts with just love between you and that person just this connection um, but I'll I'll, say, I'll put the link to the video in the Facebook group because I just thought it was a beautiful practice so yeah I've been you, you know the other thing is just to have compassion for him because I think what's going on with him is he's really struggling and um, so while I feel a little bit sorry for myself <laughs> that this is not going well you know I I at the same time I just I feel so glad to be in a space where I can feel compassion towards him most of the time it's not 100% of the time just most of the time so that's where I am and also doing inner child work and Laurie you know I think you you suggested that a couple of weeks ago in the community call and I have been writing no I have been allowing my inner child to write to me so I've been like streaming my inner child and um mine is not a teenager the, the one the thing that's coming up is like a, probably a four or five year old kind of panicking and she is really really angry with me <laughs> that is I was shocked like some of the things that were coming out onto the page <laughs> I thought mm, okay I need to listen to this little child <laughs> a little bit more because she is pissed with me and um I've been just, uh, but that's been a real eye opener. And then after after getting those feelings out, then just going into spirit and trying to, Dina, you, you mentioned the mature adult. And I've just been trying to say, look, um, you know, hire Holy Spirit self. What would you say to this this little child? And then, and then it's just beautiful. You know, then I write it down and it's just lovely, you know, and, and it feels very comforting. So... That is where I am at the moment. What is, if you don't mind sharing, what is your inner child pissed about at you? <laughs> Lots of things. Oh. <laughs> um, I tried to remember some of the things, like just being, well, I've got this judgment that's coming up about myself, which is that I'm a failure at relationships and I'm just no good at it. Um and she's angry with me because I keep ruining things. Does that make sense? You know, like the child within is angry with the adult because the adult keeps messing things up and driving people away. And um, I mean, I think this goes back to my childhood. Cause my, um, it's like an abandonment issues because my mother had, um, she was very depressed a lot of her life. And she used to do this thing where, um, like looking back now from the age I am, I, I understand what she was doing. But she used to, when things got overwhelming for her, she used to walk out of the house and drive away. And um, my dad was there at home, but it was very frightening for me. Like, oh, sorry. No.
I'm sorry, I don't talk about this much with anyone, so it just brings up a lot of emotion. But I think that's the, the I think that's the age of that inner child. So uh, as soon as anyone, um, as soon as she feels like this is happening again, like anyone else is is walking away or rejecting or anything, you know, she just gets really triggered. So she's blaming me for um, pushing this guy away. Um, and uh, and also is a funny story. Um, she, what came up was we have this kind of family story, which people tell in my family as a kind of a funny episode. I have three, I have three siblings, my mom and dad, and this is another, this is another abandonment thing. And I'm even laughing now because it is, I mean, it's a ridiculous story. We were in a, when I was young, about, I think about five or six, we were in a library in a town about, we lived in the countryside, so it was about 15 minutes drive away from home. And when it was time to go, my family drove home without me and left me there. And they didn't know, no one noticed. <laughs> no one noticed until they got home and everyone got out of the car and my mum said, where's Claire? And my brother and my two sisters said, I don't know. <laughs> and they hadn't. <laughs> They had not, like, I don't know. And so we tell that as a kind of a funny, crazy story. Of course, my dad drove right back and found me and the librarian had already realized that I was there and lost. And, you know, it was, it turned out fine. But what came up was that my inner child was angry that I was, um, she felt I was making fun of her by making light of the situation. So it was obviously something that's still very raw. And um, I actually ended up writing a forgiveness letter to myself about that, the fact that um, I had not kind of honoured my feelings about that. And uh, I think it's just... I think what I've learned this week by doing that is just that I have not paid enough attention to those deep down feelings. I've pushed them down. And now, you know, it's time. It's not that I want to wallow in them, but it's time to listen to that child and let her, you know, express and feel safe. And I think that's really going to make the difference you know, in relationships in the future, because a lot of the difficulties I've had as an adult is that I'm so triggered by whenever anyone wants space or wants to do their own thing or wants to, you know, I take that like Dina was saying, I could totally relate to that. I take that as a rejection and I start to spin like, well, what does this mean? Is it about me? It's my fault. What have I done? And then the instinct is just to grab on, which doesn't help. Um, Thank you so much for asking and for listening. I feel like I just went on and on. No, that that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I guess I could just add to that. Um, 
during part of the discussion that I had with my teenager last night, you know, it was I have the adult me. I have the compassion and the ability to be there for Doug to the end. There's no question. I know I can. I know who I am. And he may not know that about me, but I know that about me. And then I that became the discussion that I had with my inner teenager. I was like, you know me. I'm here for you. Just like I could be there for him. So, so this, so the abandonment or the, um, who's going to break up with who thing kind of got spun. And it was where my inner teenager knew that, oh, I know. Yeah. Like she felt so protected by me with the, the quality and the depth of who I am and what I, what I value. And, um, you know, and I am not an abandoner. And so we got on the same page about that and she felt so secure, which meant I felt so secure. And then it was okay for me to speak from the, from a deeper part in my heart to him in a very vulnerable place. And it was going to be okay if he didn't want to be with me, that was going to be okay. Cause I was with myself. Yeah. And that seemed to be much, much, much more vital than anything else. I wanted to thank both of you for sharing and um, just just uh, offer this, Claire, if it's helpful for you and any of the rest of us. But, um, you know, my whole area of expertise is infant and early child mental health. So um, as a society, I think we just minimize experiences like those you've just shared. But... Um, you know, for you to have your mom being depressed like that, just just that can be really traumatic for young children because they don't understand why mom is withdrawn when you're depressed. There's no energy to go out. And then if she literally walks out the door, you know, I mean, if I was working with a child that had that experience, you know, I would know that that that's big. It's really big for a little child. They don't have the adult level to understand what that means, you know. And have your family leave you and not notice, you know, as a little girl. I mean, again, I think that as adults we can laugh a little bit. But, um, you know, that's so wonderful. You're getting in touch with her and giving her what your mom wasn't able to. And, um you know, here the ways, Dina, you're doing that for aspects of your inner child and how healing this all is. But yeah, that's, it's huge. We minimize a lot how little children experience these things. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that because it's, um, yeah, thank you just for acknowledging because one of the things in my family was that people just um, got on with it. And my, um, I think my mom and dad were overwhelmed and they couldn't handle it. So they, they also just pushed it down and they just said, we're just going to get through this. But there's been, even now, I would say in the last 10 years, my mother, since she turned about 60, she's been talking about it more and being more open. But at the time, I think she just couldn't handle it. I think she just felt so awful. Mm-hmm. Probably it was she felt terrible anyway about the depression and she probably knew that she wasn't mm-hmm. there for her children and that just doubled how bad she felt about herself. Mm-hmm. She could not 
acknowledge for a long time mm -hmm. the way it was. Um, so that layer of not talking about it brings another charge to it. So I really appreciate the chance to speak about it today as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what Dina said, just what she's experiencing inside of her own being with herself. I mean, that we, you know, the ultimate abandonment is how we abandon ourselves internally. Um, in so many different ways, but yeah, yeah, your mom probably had all sorts of stuff like this going on in her that she wasn't able to be with herself and therefore she couldn't be with you. And, you know, I have my own version of that, but those, those things you experienced would be considered emotional trauma by some experts and not to be minimized for, and just, want to give little little four-year-old Claire a big a big big hug and tell her she's wonderful oh. wasn't about her no it was just about mom and if we if we take this one step further as the students of Course in Miracles this could have some relation to the fact that we feel that we abandon God and some of the things that we you know, so maybe there's some connection there that we can make some growth and some headway, you know, in, for, in forgiving of those aspects of ourself, forgive those things when we forgive our mother when, and we know we're there for ourselves. Um, perhaps somehow that spins out to um, helping heal that separation from God and that, that guilt that we carry, apparently. Yeah, I can share just kind of briefly how that's gone for me because I did a lot of my inner child work before Masterful Living, so in therapy years ago with kind of a different perspective, but um, but it was an important part of my healing and, and growth work. And um, so, so how, Dina, how I've experienced what you just said is to realize that um, you know, really my belief that I left God and somehow shattered God's plans for perfection is what I've projected out onto others and then experienced it coming back at me. And so there's something like, um, you know, having compassion for those aspects of myself. And then also those aspects of others, kind of like what Claire is saying. She now gets it that her mother probably couldn't give it. And and you're saying, you know, you have compassion for Doug and Claire has compassion for this man in her life right now. So I have compassion for, you know, my parents and um, what they were and weren't able to give and, and my siblings right now, because I recognize I'm projecting stuff on them, but they're projecting stuff on me and we're all just kind of keeping this separation from God idea going. But that's the biggest way I abandon myself is by continuing the story that I'm separate from God. And when I, and I'm learning to choose more and more, I'm, I'm finding pockets of areas, you know, like there's areas like when I'm here, I feel like I'm very open to God and I feel the presence of God and I'm discovering I've got pockets in my life where I've, um, 
I'm choosing separation. And I discovered two yesterday. I had progress reports to write and then I've got some like tedious financial stuff. And those are areas where I usually feel like burdened, tired, heavy. And yesterday I was like, God, why do I feel so tired? Oh, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just tired and I have this work to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It's because I'm choosing to do it as if I'm all alone. Like there's no God. There's just little S. Tracy doing this and it's miserable and I've got all these stories. And I was realizing, okay, so that's how I abandon myself because that's not true. I'm leaving her out all alone without God. It's not true. And so I was so happy because I was like, wow, okay, these kind of tasks that I face with a, a burdened and a tired feeling. Now I can remember God, spirit, Jesus, whoever, you know, whatever form it takes for each of us is, is still with me. And I can still experience that love, that constant love with me and, and ask for help to make it easier and, and expect help to make it easier and learn how to do this. It's, it, um, you know, it's it's learning. It's it's kind of like there's part of me clinging to this being alone part of my story, <laughs> and then there's another part that's just so ready to um, say I don't need to do that to myself anymore. I do deserve the happiness, and I do deserve the love. And um, I don't know if that's helpful. I'm trying to speak to Dina what you were just sharing, and that's kind of how I'm experiencing a way to not abandon myself is remember God's always there for me. It's me who pushes God away. But yeah, that's fabulous, fabulous, Tracy. Thank you so much. I, I can apply that in many areas. <laughs> Thank you so much for that insight. Thank you for your sharing, too. It's helping me, too. Yeah, I've been asking the angels a lot, like every half hour. I think it's helping. I love your kitty, Dina. How sweet. She's about 18 years old. Wow. Yeah, she's... She's been around a long time with me. I came from a childhood where I grew up believing I was unwanted, unloved, abandoned, all those issues. And I, at some point in my life, I realized that my parents did the best they could because of where they came from. But and I forgave them, but forgiving them and understanding doesn't change the effects it ha the uh, being raised in that family had on on the, myself and my siblings. I still had to deal with the effects of it, and it wasn't until I went to the doctor maybe three years ago. So in my fifties, I go to the doctor for my physical, and they're now asking these questions: Were you uh, physically, sexually, or emotionally abused, and I'm going down the list. No, not physically, not uh, sexually, and in my mind, I'm stopping on emotional. But then I say to my doctor, no, <laughs> no, no, none of those things. 
But as soon as I got home, I called my older brother and I go, hey, do you think we were emotionally abused as children? And he starts laughing at me and he asks me, where have I been for the last 50 plus years? <laughs> where have you been? And, you know, I had to question that myself. Well, where have I been? In denial or uh, what's the other one? In denial or na uh, naive? So then I started looking up emotional abuse and what that entails. Then I looked up the word dysfunctional family because I always said I came from a dysfunctional family. And I realized I didn't even know what dysfunctional meant after I read what emotional abuse meant. So I go to dysfunctional. Dysfunctional family is when there is some kind of abuse in a family. And so those are the issues that you guys have been talking about are things that I've had to work through. And, and I so agree with Tracy. The more and more we turn to God, the more, the more we can let go of those beliefs we have about ourselves, that we're abandoned, unloved, and unwanted. And um, one of the things I think that really helped me was when I went to spiritual counseling intensive we had to write a list of I judge myself for and then we partnered up and we read those judgments to each other and when I heard those judgments read back to me and I had I had those judgments and started looking at them I realized that all my judgments really pointed to my husband that this is all of my judgments were the way I believed he saw me. But it's only my husband now because I've been married to him for 33 years. Before that, it was another man, another guy. Because this is where I always tried to go to find love and then, you know, and find love, wanted to be loved. Then I'd be abandoned by them, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So here I started, I really realized where I kept going for validation, where I kept going to be loved. And uh, I know last year, one of my uh, intentions was that I really, really want, I want to put God at the top, the top of the triangle. That's where I've been wanting to go. Last year, I really didn't make much progress with it. And I really struggled with how do I do that? And then when I went through that list of judgments and really realized where I kept going, then I've been working on that this whole year about just like Tracy, keep going back to God, go back to God. And I find that has really, really helped me this year to, to keep focusing on God instead of, and I've been able to start letting go. I've always believed my husband and I were like joined at the hip. And it's like, I don't want to be joined at the hip with him. I mean, I love him and I I want to be married to him, but I don't want to be joined at the hip like that anymore. I really don't want to go to him for my validation. And I don't know what all I've done through this year that's really helped me to stop being joined at the hip with him. But uh, I, I believe it's what Tracy said, turn, just keep going, going back, turning it over to God, going to God, 
knowing that I really am not alone, that God is always here. And maybe what's also happened is, like Jennifer has has said, prove God in your life. And I've been doing that. And it's like, I've never been, I've never been, it's always been proven, always been proven. I've never been let down. And so maybe that's what's really helped us last year. Uh, probably the home astral living programs helped it <laughs> helped the last couple. Um, of- Ronnie, do you, could you give us an example? I mean, I'm, I just it would be more helpful to me. I love what you're saying. If you had a little example, uh, I was interested in that. Um, you know, getting your validation from your husband or other another earlier boyfriend versus going to God. Do you have a concrete example you could give? I don't know. I might have to think about that. I'm going to have to think about that. You know, the other thing I I wanted to say is, Dina, you were talking about, his name's Doug. Doug. I just think that's so wonderful that you two have met up again and that there is a reason, a reason for that. And I've, I've been reading this book, Anatomy of a Spirit, by Caroline Mays. It's in our second Masterful Living journal that Jennifer has recommended, talking about the chakras in the book. And there's this uh, uh, something that she wrote in here that I really, really liked, because it says that symbolically the sacrament of communion radiates into our system the truth that each person with whom we share a union is a part of our lives by divine design. When we break bread with someone, we are symbolically acknowledging that we are all part of one spiritual family, that everyone we know is there by divine design, and that we all need one another to enrich our lives. That some of these unions are painful is, is a necessity. Everyone in your life plays a role essential to your development. Your challenge is to become mature enough to recognize and live by this truth. It is unnatural for a spiritual perspective to view people as enemies or to be an enemy yourself. Negative relationships generate negative energy, which blocks symbolic sight. We cannot see the divine purpose in a union that we choose to interpret negatively. So when I read that, I even highlighted it because it's helped me to see everyone that crosses my path has been put there for a divine purpose for me. Either, well, we have something to give each other, whatever that might be. And uh, one of the things that I practice, you know, Claire's talking about that space, to fill that space with love. What I try to do is ask spirit to help me see the other person with love in my heart and through the eyes of Christ. And it's, uh, I have found that really amazing when I'm able to stop and say those words and then look at that person again. Sometimes I even will put my hands on my husband's face 
and just look at him and say those words to myself. And uh, they're, they're just very powerful words. Great shares, you guys. <laughs> Great shares. Yeah, and uh, thank you for mentioning that, Ronnie. Um, the the trauma that I had is probably similar to Claire's, not not from depression. I didn't have a mother who's depressed, but just a broader, a really bad divorce and the way it kind of went down on the children. We got separated and a little sensitive me took everything wrong and made wrong meanings. So, but by the time I met Doug when I was 17, um, and then, and he was, he was a college, you know, he should never have been dating me. I was in high school. It was just a, some, we met, it was like a month. And then he came to my house. I really liked him. And he came to my house and did this really, um, romantic breakup scene where, you know, he said, I want you to hear this from me. I'm going to be in this, the, who he was going on to be with was the lady he married, you know, and she was his age and that kind of thing. And it was so, I remember how it was so painful for me. And I just kind of folded that on down in me and then went on with my life. Um, not particularly an open life, but so at this juncture, it's, it is almost like that. That is the thing. Like he, he mm -hmm. said to me one day, how did I get so lucky? And I said, well, you got lucky because you knew me when I was 17 and I helped that. And so I don't, I doubt that I would have been, you know, searching him down at this point, but that aspect of whatever that relationship was absolutely was a marker and put there, it feels like for, for healing or something, something along those lines. We'll see what unfolds. Um, I feel like it's definitely healing for me. There's no question about that. So I'm okay with the 40 years in between <laughs> where a lot of stuff had, you know, lay out in a certain way for today, for this to arrive for now. I'm good with that. Ronnie, can I ask you, has your husband noticed a change or what does he think of the fact that you're not going to him for validation all the time now? Our relationship has just gotten better and better. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, oh, well, lots of things going on, mo mostly with me, but him too. I mean, he has his baggage. His baggage. And, uh, uh, but he's been changing. He'll say things to me like, I want to be more like you. I see what you've been doing, and I want to be more like that. And he's a very, he's very, very willing to participate. Uh, he doesn't really have a program like I do, but he'll do things with me like meditate, and we have these conversations, and we talk about things, and, uh, and you know, it's, and he's able to talk easier to me, whereas before he wasn't, not just because he wasn't able to, too, but because I, it was me, too. Very critical of anything he would say. 
Yeah, he feels you're not judging him now, maybe. Right, right, yeah. And it's just, it's really, the, the relationship has really, it seems like the more I work on myself, the better the relationship gets. The easier I start seeing him, seeing him as through the eyes of Christ, being able to see who he is and why he, he, looking at his baggage and understand more of why he behaves and does the things he does because of what he's, he's carrying. And to understand that that's not really, not to take it personal. For me, not to take his behavior and the things he say as personal because this is just, this is him. Does that make does that make sense? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's 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 um I was silent because I that is I think one of the things exactly that I have to to learn. Not to to understand into what Tracy said too. And not just me but all of us, that many times when people seem to act hurtfully or it's not about us. It's something going on with them. And I think it's just so wonderful that through this work of loving ourselves more that we can become more compassionate with others, kind of automatically. It doesn't feel like work to be more compassionate to someone else because you're already filled up yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, one of the things that I noticed happened a lot this year was there was a lot of silence between us because what would happen is uh, he would say something or do something and I wanted to respond. But I would always check in with spirit and say, should I speak? And if so, what should I say? How should I say it? And 99% of the time, it's just be quiet. Just be quiet. And that quietness was really very peaceful wasn't only just peaceful for me, but it was for him too. I mean, because you know, I mean, you can, you can feel it. You can feel if the other person has become, uh, they're uncomfortable with the quietness, with the peace. And I, I think that was huge, a huge, huge, uh, growth, maybe for both of us was being okay with the silence. I don't, and it kept me from saying things that were better left unsaid. I don't need to respond. Yeah. Can I share real quick? Sure. This is Indy. I've been listening on and off because I am aware that I haven't been Almost all year, maybe once or twice, but sometimes I read the transcript once in a while, maybe like five times for the year. But all I've been doing is holding a photo and, and deep desire of my heart and, and I love you, please forgive me, which is Honopono and the divine experiment. I've been saying that. And what happened last week, I mean, I have so much stuff that happened, but what happened last, this week, during this week, um, I had my one-on-one with Jennifer, and, you know, stuff that just came up. 
at the same day. And I was like, okay, so my daughter haven't come home for for two Christmas. My son lived at home with his girlfriend and, and the baby to come home. And then she changed her mind suddenly because he's living there. She want him out the house so that he can come home. I should want to have him stay at a hotel and she can come home. He can just be her own self. So we've go, been going back and forth, and forth. And I don't know how to tell my son to leave, go to a hotel. So his sister can come home. Anyway, it's, it's a long story, but I'll cut this short. So then Jennifer advised me and we did a prayer to fill my home with a violet flame. So we did that and for three years since my son go home. I'm always staying out late or doing stuff like going to the gym late, doing all this stuff. Because I don't want to go home. It doesn't feel like my home anymore. So this just this week after we I start flooding the house and my daughter and my son with this violet flame and praying, just praying, doing nothing else. And then um, I know I asked spirit and I hand all this stuff over to spirit, all the situation. I'm like, I am done. I'm done with everything and everyone, you know, you take this, you do whatever you need to do. And I asked for guidance and all I get is to tell myself that um, I love my home. I love the people in my home. I love my children I love my home I want to go home for two days and then when I go home now it's so peaceful and my son girlfriend I live there like she wants to help she texts me oh you um, can we put when you come home can you put the decorate the Christmas tree I told her she can do it and like suddenly the home seems like more peaceful like I want to go home so I keep telling myself all day in my mind I want to go home. I love my home. I love everyone in my house. And suddenly it's feel peaceful and things seem to be changing slowly. It just happened like two days ago. In the meantime, all I live by is giving everything up to spirit every day for this year. And to where I'm like dumb, but then I give it up and I ask for guidance. And it works every time. And it's amazing with this work that we're doing and with Jennifer and all of us, we're doing great work. I just want to share that with you guys today. Great advice. I'm going to use that at home and at work. I like that. Yeah, and in the meantime, I'm partnering up every single time. I remember I'm partnering up with with Spirit all year, and I see a big improvement in my own and I think like instantly I'm like Thanksgiving night about now wanting to go home. I parked my car and I said, I'm so I called one of my friends. She's interested uh, my son girlfriend. Why don't you, her name is Christina. Why don't you send her blessing? And because she wasn't talking to me for no reason, like for two weeks and then, we send her blessing. We just say send blessing, blessing. And like I literally put on the phone and she texts me, can you take me to the mall with you? And I'm like, wow. And I say, yes. And it was totally different. And I'm thinking, it will just be judging. And it just might 
and I feel it was just me, the way I think and the way I see things, that I put this to get reflect to the kids, that they behave this way. So I did change me, you know, and I understand that. So I, if I change me, you know, I think that I love them, I love to go home, and suddenly I just love them. Oh, no, this happened two days ago. And it's amazing. So anyway, that's my share for you guys. And I didn't want to hold back, you guys. Thank you. Beautiful, Indy. And really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, Indy. It's so wonderful to hear how spirit's working in your life. Thank you. Yeah. So much joy to hear how spirit's working in everyone's life. Yeah. Wonderful. I learned from everyone. Thank you for sharing. Andy, I'm so happy to hear that. I know you've been struggling with that for a long time and I'm so yeah, glad. for three for three years I've been struggling now wanting to go home. You know how it feels? Sometimes I cry on my way home because I don't want to go in my house. And then I start seeing stuff like two days ago, like I love my home. I love Christina, I love the baby, I love my son, I love my daughter, and hopefully uh, my daughter will come home, you know. I mean, we book her flight and everything to come home, and she wouldn't come home because they're there because she's afraid. So I guess if I'm afraid and I'm doing all this t thinking that I need to change that, that's what I got from spirit in the middle of my crying. I'm like, oh, my God. I asked, and I was bawling while driving home, and I'm like, I didn't know what I was going to get, and I just did what I received, and that was it. That's great. I love it. I just had a thought, Indy, about what you said. Um, maybe if we all started saying, "I love my government," I love, mm -hmm. I love our how our how our country is is turning out. <laughs> we all did it together. Maybe it would. Yeah, uh, we can. Yeah, I think we can all do that. And even you said, bless, you know, God bless this person. God send blessing to the president. Bless the president. Bless the White House. Bless our country and the world. If we all do this every day, we'll make a difference. I mean, this is the difference. <laughs> <laughs> And we have to understand how bad it can really get before you can fix it. Yes, because um, when I was going through this feeling, I wanted—I didn't want to get rid of the feeling of me not wanting to go home or what's going on. I wanted to feel it. You know, I didn't want to get rid of it. Right? I wanted to feel it for overnight, and then next day I was still feeling it, and that's when I let it go. And I think that's what's holding back my family. I'm the one that's holding all this healing from happening. 
Well, I hope this relates, Andy, to what you're doing, and, and I hope I can contribute by sharing this. I am taking that spiritual awakening, Dina, the next step. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of the pathway of light dot org uh -huh. has yeah. a whole bunch of programs. One is inner child and another one is called spiritual awakening. But if you look at it, there are lots of different subjects that you can study. And when I shared a few a month ago or so about the inner child work, it's an eight week course. And then now I've signed up for another eight week course, which is called spiritual awakening. And oh, it just gets better and deeper. And Claire, what you can do is you, you start to really embrace those inner children that you found, like I found the three of them. And you just, now I'm at the point where when things trigger me, I can just embrace, just really embrace the feelings mm -hmm. that the child is having. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know um, that my inner child, when I did my um, 15 year old, I could not let go. She was very, very mad at me too. Very mad at me. You know, I'd go to in meditation to go to talk to her and she had nothing to do with me. But then eventually I was able to embrace her and to really get mm -hmm. where she was coming from. And mm -hmm. also I, I took a responsibility um, at that age too, where I could have really communicated to my dad because my dad did not mm -hmm. want me to play piano when he was home. Mm -hmm. And I found that I was mad at him for that because I practiced all week long and, but he didn't want to hear it. But I took responsibility where, wait, I could have said, dad, if, could I make an appointment with you once a week on Sundays? And would you sit down and listen to what I'm practicing? And that would have been very motivating to me. And it would have, I'm sure he would have, I, I know, my dad's been passed for a year, but I know from my heart of hearts that he definitely would have done anything I asked him to do. But because I closed down and decided he didn't like me and that I was doing something noisy and he didn't want it, I actually shut down a lot of my talents on the piano. So, but it was really nice. And I was able to hear my teenager more when I took responsibility saying, I could have. I really could have communicated a lot more with him. And it just, it, it opened up my awareness to what he actually would have done for me. But I closed down and it was a trigger effect. But the thing I wanted to share about the spiritual awareness is today it all came together. So you read just two pages. It's just a really short thing. and. But what it, what I got is your world is a reflection of your thoughts. And so it's kind of like, Indy, what you did with your, your house. You said, I love my home. And as soon as you switched that thought and took it to prayer, you were able to actually, when you were at your home, you were actually able to feel that love. And I think that that, is how I changed with my father. I was actually able to feel his love and his devotion to me. And I made it up that he wasn't devoted to me, that he didn't care about me. But boy, when I've switched that thought about how, no, 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 no. He just didn't know what I needed because I was such a shut down person. 
but what the your world is a reflection of your thoughts so what what occurred in my world and maybe you guys can relate to this too is my dad said the outer world is going to judge you and you've got to please him because he would say um i had a rowdy big sister and he would say you are ruining the family name so it was all about the family name that and you had to behave a certain way so the family name could be brought to you know could be looked at as a healthy family and so as i was reading this today it said um that every experience in your life is simply a reflection of your thoughts what you experience is based on what you believe you deceive yourself when you think that what you believe is based on what you experience so this this self deception makes the outer world seem unmanageable unchangeable and boy do i think that if somebody has a judgment out there i feel like it's unchangeable that i can't change it that i it's out of control and i become uh helpless um this self deception stands as a self made barrier to your awakening it leads you feeling helpless out of control at the mercy of forces seen outside of you feeling this way is discouraging depressing and sometimes overwhelming you may also feel angry or resentful you think you were a victim you are ready to defend at the slightest provocation out of the frustration of being at the mercy of forces seemingly beyond your control so we are tracy we're actually going to complete the trust we've actually sold the lands and we're actually going to complete the trust this coming week and the brother is not going to be happy with it but has does that have i do i have to take ownership of the outer world out of his his thoughts and his emotions so sometimes i think oh i don't want to make him feel bad he's going to feel bad with the outcome and yet he has his his outer world so i've been able to really go that's what he thinks but that's not what i think so it's i've really been able to have an awareness of what brings me peace and what brings me into feeling like i can't change things i have so much control over my thoughts i can't even believe it i never thought i had control over my thoughts i thought it had to be looking good on the outside for me to feel good on the inside for me to gain peace i hope this makes sense does this make sense so so yes, and so okay. so the outer world is totally been controlling my whole my whole world um and yet if somebody looks unhappy we can look at them and go they're unhappy but i'm not unhappy i'm not unhappy with the choice my sister was wondering oh my gosh is is this going to be okay for our brother and i hey, said can you mind you want the keys for me like can you mind you when the keys for me oh <laughs> Oh you want me to come get them? Okay, okay. I'll be there. Bye. Bye. Okay. So Indy, you're you're not muted. So we can hear this. 
Sorry, so, Emma, work. <laughs> I thought I was muted. Thank you. I've done that before. But it has been the best. And I, I, out of everything I've ever experienced, this particular lesson, and it was just the deepening. It was the inner child work and embracing that and then really realizing my dad loved me. And he just, he just loved me in his own way. And I got to interpret. I was the one that interpreted his moods. And, uh, and, um, so I, I just, I'm so free. I just am so free today. Just realizing that I can be happy if you're not happy. <gasps> and, and I can, I can, I, I just, if it doesn't bring me peace, I know how to get back to the peace immediately. So it's not as fun really really a blessing yeah did you so um yeah because there's been lots of times where i felt helpless yeah if say say the boyfriend claire and and dina it's just if if they have those interpretations then um I've done something wrong. I've, I took the ownership of doing something wrong. And yeah. now I, I don't have to do that. It, yeah, I, it's, it's like this conversation's come full circle with what you said, because that is, I think the lesson for me is that I don't need to, I don't depend on someone else for my happiness. I can feel peaceful no matter what is going on. It takes practice, but I can do it. And that's what I hear you saying as well. You can still feel peaceful. And if I'm, if I'm not peaceful, if I don't feel peaceful, I can change my, my thinking. I can say, you know, like last night, it, it, uh, Ronnie, you were talking about your husband. And last night, I normally am the silent one. If I'm doing something and my husband gets irritated, I go shut down, shut silent. Well, so last night he's like, um, I wanted to fry some hamburger and he was putting away the dishes. And, um, he said, excuse me, I was, I was here first or something like that. And I just said, that is the second time you've triggered me today. I said, I was over here. I wasn't even near the dishwasher. Well, anyway, I said, what do you want me to do? Sit down. It was awesome because I go over on the couch and it was beautiful. It was just like an orchestra, how it all worked out, where generally I wouldn't say anything and I'd stay in this mode of not peaceful. And when I said it, he just totally he was in such a good mood. He knew where I was coming from. And um, I was just like, oh, I have, I have ownership of my actions. I have, I have freedom to change my thinking in a moment's notice. And um, I, I was thinking about, oh, I hope, this, I hope this deal does not have my brother commit suicide. That's what I thought, because he always, he, he's always uh, uh, threatening that he was with my father. And I said to myself, you don't have to take your father's problem with your brother on. So change that thinking. You don't have to worry about that, Lori. And it was just like, whoosh. I never thought about it again. And it didn't worry me anymore. Because I don't have to do, take on the relationship that my father had with my brother. And so it's those kind of little things that are that I'm switching um, up in my own thinking, 
I have so much more control over my thoughts than I thought I did. That makes sense at this age. Good heavens. <laughs> it's been such a long time of control in the other way. That was one of the things with my husband. I was always trying to make him happy, doing all sorts of things for years and years and years. Uh, he has a very stressful job. And I was always trying to find things to make it easier on him, making him happy and getting him to do this with me and do that with me. And then I finally realized I can't make him happy. It's up to him. He's the one that needs to do the work. And I had a lot of guilt, too, because he works full time. I only work part time. And I, I enjoy the rest of the, my time. And so it's extremes very stressful job and then there's me with my part-time job and doing things that I enjoy doing so there was always a lot of guilt around that that I should go maybe work full-time etc etc so I was always trying to do things to make him happy and then it dawned on me I can't make him happy and I'm not going to feel guilty for the choices that I've made either and yeah we can enjoy life and be happy even if the other person isn't so much but what I also realized is that by me, stop doing that, that was better for him. And that that brought more peace in our relationship. And it also brought him wanting to work on his issues with the stress and, and such. So it, it's a really amazing. The more we work on ourselves, the better it is the other person. <laughs> For the other person it really helps them it helps them grow and become more of who they they are actually and I think I would add to that um, we we ourselves have to learn to advocate for ourselves and ask for what we need or ask for help to clarify misunderstandings and and the and the other person must do that work for themselves. You asked for examples, Deanna, and I think the examples are are constantly turning to spirit throughout the day. And I think three weeks ago on the community call, there were several of us that shared how we do that throughout the day because there's so so many ways masterful living has given us so many tools to turn over to turn to spirit from deep desire of the heart to just stopping and breathing to uh, the an intention a little prayer I mean we had a whole list going and I keep wanting to go back to that call and actually write that list out because there were several of us that that contributed to that list. And that and so though that list just can really help to make a, an effort throughout the day to turn to God.
Are we ready to pray out? So who would like to pray out? <laughs> I, I'm feeling shy, so I would really love it if someone else would take this one. I'll do it another time. I'm also feeling shy, so I, I think this is going to have to go to Tracy. <laughs> I'm also feeling shy. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> All right, I'll pray. I'll pray for us. <laughs> I feel, I feel, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. You're welcome. Thank you. So we place our hands upon our heart. We take a deep breath of love, deep breath of gratitude. We are so blessed. We are so grateful for the work of spirit in our midst and being able to come together and share all that we are learning and all that we are experiencing as we share our intention to Awaken to love. Mm. Thank you for all the shares today, all the growth, all the learning, all the love, all the joy, all the peace, all these blessings. We're grateful to be remembering the truth of who we are, to be seeing it in each other and to be feeling it in ourselves. To be coming to love ourselves and everyone and everything because we know that in truth love is all there is and the opposite of love is not possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for undoing all, all our mistaken beliefs, all the effects of all our mistaken beliefs, and for the ways we can see this unfolding in our lives as we practice what we are learning. We bless everyone who will be listening to this call later, and we share the benefits of our growth and our healing and our awakening and our remembering with everyone. May we all remember the truth of who we are, our divinity, our oneness. We are love. We are loving. And so it is. Amen. Oh man. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Tracy. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week. Yeah. Have Thank a wonderful week. You too. Bye bye. bye.